everyone, and a very warm welcome to Grow Your Own Way, a podcast for anyone looking to reclaim the power of their own personal growth and be exactly who they want to be. I'm your host, Kevin Roberts, and I'm a coach, learning and development professional, and growth geek who genuinely gets joy out of helping people become the best versions of themselves. Throughout this podcast, we aim to give everyone the belief that there is no one right way to grow, and hopefully we will inspire and motivate people to forge their own paths and in turn live a life that is true to them. Today, we're going to explore what it means to control the controllables. With so much uncertainty in life, we can often be swept up by focusing on things that we just can't do anything about, which inevitably impacts our emotions, our interactions, and our growth. So in this episode, we're going to discuss the importance of focusing on what we can control and look to share some tips that will help us take power back in our ways of thinking. So if you're ready, let's get started. Now, today's topic is one that regular listeners to the podcast would have heard me mention before, but it's one I don't think I've ever dedicated an episode to. Uh, And I would say that it's actually one of my core values to try and help me lead a happier life. However, the reason I've decided to record the episode today is because a few weeks back, this was a topic that I completely forgot all about. uh, And it's one that I've almost had to relearn all over again. So to kick the episode off, I'm going to share an experience with you that I had recently, Now, this experience to me really demonstrates the importance of this way of thinking and how it can directly impact our happiness. And the experience I'm going to share is just a simple Tuesday of me being in the office. Now, what made this experience really interesting to me is that when I woke up at 5am, there was nothing wrong. There was nothing untoward. I got ready and I left for work, as I always done, ready for my 90 minute journey. Uh, And I normally enjoy my drives into work. It gives me a chance to set up for the day, listen to podcasts, uh, have a sing along to some musicals rather terribly, but still I enjoy it. I've always been able to find joy in the journey. However, on this day, I found myself getting really irate with the traffic. It was a bit busier than usual, and and whilst I don't normally let traffic affect me, it was really getting under my skin. So by the time I got to the office, I was a bit on edge. Now, I normally like to get in about, say, 7.30, so I have time to get some breakfast, a little work done before everyone else gets in. It's normally a very relaxing part of the day for me. But once again, I was just on edge and I didn't know why. Now, fast forward to 10am and I was hiding in the bathroom at work, literally hiding in a cubicle, crying and struggling for breath. Uh, And I can only describe I was having some form of anxiety attack. Now, I've never had one before in the past, ever. And I genuinely at that point didn't have a clue what was happening to me. But that wasn't even the weirdest part. The weirdest part is at that moment, I had no clue what had caused it. There, there weren't too many people in the office by moments before I was chatting and having a laugh with my colleagues. And then just something just clicked. Now, after a few minutes, I, I was able to get it under control. I was, could dust myself off. I just carried on at work as if nothing had happened. But I still remained edgy all day. I noticed that my heartbeat was a bit elevated. I was sweating. My breathing was just off. But I persisted and then I, I went home at the end of the day. And on my journey home and when I got home, I, I just couldn't help wonder what on earth had happened. I couldn't understand where any of this feeling was coming from or why I was like this. I wasn't in a bad mood. Nothing awful had happened to me. But I just had this driving urge to escape. And it got to the point, I mean, literally at nine o'clock that evening, I was online applying for jobs 400 miles away from where I live because I was looking to run away somewhere. And I say that term deliberately. I wanted to run away. That's exactly how I felt. And I continued to reflect on this and I really tried to put my finger on what was wrong. Uh, And the Eureka moment was actually, wasn't my reflection, it was actually I was talking to a friend. Uh, And I don't think I can ever be grateful enough for that conversation, but they asked what was wrong. And I just said everything that was on my mind. Um, They were there just for me to vocalise my feelings rather than try and work it out myself. 
And, and what did I find? Well, to my surprise, all of my worries, all of my agitations, all of my anger were focused on things that were outside of my control. I noticed that I was saying things like, I can't buy a house because the market is just ridiculous at the moment. I can't take control of my career as there's too many changes at work. I can't get into shape because my shin splints have returned. Now, as I say those statements, what do you notice? I mean, they're all incredibly negative and they are purely focused on the things that I cannot do. And saying that out loud was what really shocked me. I mean, that's not like me. I don't focus on things that I can't control. Yet here I was feeling helpless and powerless. And in that moment, I knew why I was looking for jobs far away. I think I even Googled at one point how to emigrate to Australia. I just felt out of my control because I was focusing on so many things that I couldn't control. And that meant I had a lack of purpose and a vision of meaning. Now, the reason I share this story with you is because I know for a fact that there are other people who feel this way. There are others who focus on what they cannot do, what blockers are in their life, and they can feel as helpless as I did at that moment. Now, of course, we all have different stories, but if there are common themes to what is impacting our stories, then maybe we can work through them together. So I just want to firstly say that if anyone listening out there is feeling the same way or has felt the same way, you are not alone. I don't know who needs to hear that, but you are not alone. Many of us feel the same way. And today I wanted to record this episode just to share some hints and tips about what we could potentially do to ease those feelings. Tips that could help us take the power back and let us focus on the things that we can control, the things that are in our power, the things that can help anyone feel a little bit happier. Now I've got four tips for you and I've literally used them myself in the last month, so hopefully I'm walking proof that they work. So let's kick off with the first tip, which is to practice self-awareness. Now, I've spoken about this in depth, especially on my episodes about emotional intelligence. But as a recap, what I mean here is just taking the time to pause and ask yourself how you are feeling. Our lives can be so busy that we just move from one task to another, one activity to another. We go from work to family life and back to work. And if we do that without pausing, without reflecting, we can miss some key indicators of how we're feeling, some key messages that will provide insight into our moods and our behaviours. In my example, if I just paused and questioned my own way of thinking much earlier, just asked myself how I was feeling, I could have got an answer much quickly than breaking down in an office bathroom. I could have dealt with each concern as and when they arose, rather than having to deal with everything all at once. Now, it's up to you how you practice self-awareness, of course it is, but some examples could be questioning yourself in the moment. If you react poorly to a situation or snap or get upset, pausing at that moment and asking, whoa, why do I feel this way? Can be quite illuminating. You get like live feedback about what's on your mind at that time. Now, as I say that, I realize that's almost like the pinnacle of self-awareness. It's far easier to say that than it is to practice it. Um, If I'm in the middle of a rage, I'm not confident in my ability to stop and just say, hey, why am I feeling this way? Um, Although that is something that I absolutely want to work towards and be able to achieve. That's my kind of goal for that. But for now, I rely on the delayed reflective exercises. Uh, And these are things like uh, journaling or writing in a diary. Uh, And this is generally something that's good to do at the end of every day where you review your interactions, review your feelings, review behaviours from the day that has gone by. And this method is great because you're almost looking back as a third person. You're taking yourself out of the equation And then just asking questions, well, why did that happen? What was I thinking at that point? It's an incredibly effective way of being self-aware. As is talking, either to yourself or to someone else. 
Um, I always look at my parents as a great example of this. At the end of every workday, they just unload their thoughts to each other. Whether it's something that's happened, the conversations, the reactions, they just share it all. And the act of verbalizing what has happened is practicing self-awareness. If something has upset them, saying it out loud can actually make them question why. And they are really insightful conversations to listen to. So if you do have anyone who is willing to listen, please make the most of them. I promise you it is so beneficial and it counts as a form of self-awareness. But however you choose to reflect, the one thing I will say is be sure to schedule time to do it. Now, I know that's easier said than done, but if you do it ad hoc or when you feel like it, you will run the risk, very much like I did, of not reflecting for so long that things build up and hit you all at once. Now, my personal preference is to reflect in the evening, but please pick a time and a method that works for you. And why not try to make a habit out of it? And the stronger your habit, the stronger your self-awareness and then the less chance of moments like this happening to you as well. Now, this leads on to my second tip, which is to identify those moments in your life that are in your control and what is not in your control. Now, your reflection activity really helps to identify key moments from your days, key things that are impacting your life or your emotions. So why not just list what's on your mind and simply mark them whether you can control them or not. And at this point, all we're doing is identifying them. We're not doing anything with them just yet. We're simply categorizing them. And once again, how you do this is up to you. Some people will make a list and put ticks and crosses next to it. Uh, Some people just say it out loud, maybe even record themselves saying it. Some will do the entire process in their minds. And I actually knew someone once who used post-it notes. Um, And I'll come back to him in a moment, actually. I've got a good example uh, about his activity. But whatever it is, you are literally just categorizing what is in your control and what is not. And it's, it's worth noting here that on some of your scenarios, you may have to dig a little bit deeper. I know that not everything is black and white. Some examples may have a bit of gray area in there. So if I use my examples that I mentioned earlier, uh, the housing market being the way it is right now, there is absolutely nothing I can do about that. So I would put that firmly in my things of list of things that I cannot control. But my fitness suffering because of my shin splints, well, what am I saying there? Yes, I can't run right now. Uh, That's out of my control. But I can control other fitness regimes. Of course I can. So I would capture my thoughts there. So of course, the whole point of this tip is to do something with this information. But just before we move on, the reason why this step is so important is because you are developing a skill. If you were to do this exercise regularly, just to identify nothing else, just to identify what you can or cannot control, you will improve your judgment of situations. So to begin with, it will take time to understand what you can or cannot. You'll kind of have to create this list. But if you do this often enough, that thought process becomes second nature. You're able to recognize in the moment things that you cannot control. And can you imagine that? Being able to identify those things as they happen rather than retrospectively. Being able to identify them before they have an impact on your way of thinking. Now to me, that's a game changer. So let's say, so where we talk about tip number two, it's just making sure that you take the time to identify what is happening in your life that you can and cannot control. Now, once you have separated those out, that's when it comes on to tip number three. And this is to simply decide what you're going to do about it. It's all well and good identifying these things that are out of your control. But if you continue to focus on them and let them dictate your life, nothing will really change. So touching back on my fitness example, I've accepted right now that I cannot run. Uh, which is a shame because it's it's very therapeutic for me. I enjoy it. But instead of focusing on that negative, instead of focusing on that thing that I cannot control, 
Uh, I've done something which I haven't done for uh, 10, 15 years. I've signed up to a gym and I've created an alternative fitness regime. Now, I didn't consider that path six weeks ago. I was too busy. Oh, woe is me. I can't run. Poor me. I'm going to get so unhealthy just because these stupid chin splints. But a shift in thinking, listing what was and what was not in my control has set me on a different path. And I, I find that amazing just from one exercise. Now, it's up to you. Once again, how you create your list of what you're going to do is completely up to you. But what I'll do is I'll share the story of the, the chap I mentioned earlier, the guy who wrote his thoughts on post-it notes. Um, maybe you can take something from it, but I, I, I loved his approach. So what he would do is at the end of the day, he would capture his thoughts on post-it notes. So some days he'd have five or six, other days he'd have like 20. But no matter how many, he would categorize them. So he'd look at all the things he couldn't control, look at all the things he could control, and he'd have them in a pile in front of him. And he'd begin with the things that he couldn't control. Now, instead of dismissing them, instead of saying what a waste of time they are, he would actually question himself and question those thoughts. He would ask questions like, how much energy am I using focusing on that issue? Where else could I use that energy? What impact is it having on me and those around me when I focus on this? Now, questions like that were fantastic. And the reason I loved it so much that he wasn't chastising himself for those thoughts. He wasn't bumming himself out by saying how negative he'd been. He was objectively looking at the impact that those thoughts were having. Actually asking how much time was spent worrying. Asking how these thoughts impacted decisions. This type of questioning actually showed the power his thoughts had. And how much power he could reclaim by choosing not to focus on those issues. And once he'd made that choice, he would screw them up and then pop them in the bin because he has made that choice not to focus on them. And then what he would do is move to the list of things he could control, things he could act on, and he'd do the process again. But this time he'd ask things like, how much happier will I be if I act on this? How could my family benefit if I focused on this? How much stronger will my work be if I spend my energy here? And again, he was taking the power and showing himself what life could be like if he focused on what he could control. And then like the, the icing on the cake, he would put these post-it notes in his room by his bed. So when he woke up in the morning, the first thing he saw was the list of things that were in his control and things he could turn his attention to throughout the day. Now, I remember hearing him tell me that story and I was just blown away. I may have even given him a hug, you know, to show how grateful I was. But the point that I'm making is to explain the power of analyzing your thoughts. When you have your list of things that you cannot control, Really taking time to ask what impact it is having, focusing on them. Is it impacting your work, your relationship, your family? Being able to take that objective look can take the pressure off and allow you to just focus on the things instead that you can control. Now, whether you want to follow suit with what I've just said about the post-it notes or you create your own method, it's completely up to you. But the whole purpose of tip three is to answer the questions like, if I let these things in that I have no control over, what am I sacrificing? What am I losing out on? And conversely, if I let those things go, what can I instead turn my attention to and how will that make me happier? And they are some really powerful questions there. So why not give it a go and see what you come up with? Uh, and to finish off today's episode, I'll share my fourth tip, which is slightly different. So far, we have been looking inwards at our own thoughts and our own judgments. However, it is also very important that to have this shift in mindset, we need to consider what inputs we are surrounded by. Now, what I mean by this, this works in exactly the same way of setting any new habit. You need to look at your environment. For example, if you wanted to stop eating chocolate, the first piece of advice would be don't have chocolate in the house. 
don't put yourself in an environment where chocolate is easy to attain. So I'm going to say the same thing to you about how you let in those uncontrollables. Consider the news or social media or any other way you consume content. And think about how you feel if you are bombarded regularly with messages that you cannot control. If you are constantly reminded of the things that you have no power over. Things that you just have to accept. I mean, how easy then do you think it is to focus on what actually is in your control? It, it can be quite hard. Now, I'm not going to preach to anyone to say stay off social media. I mean, I'm on social media. But what I would say is just to use your self-awareness to recognize your limits. Recognize the moment that you begin to focus too much on what you cannot control and just press pause. Uh, when I look back, I could have used that advice. I really could have um, when I started looking at housing prices. I read one article that said prices are now at an all-time high. Uh, and rather than just accepting that and moving on and closing down the web page, I went down the rabbit hole and I looked at prices for the last five, ten years. I looked for any reason to be outraged. I looked for reasons for me to feel powerless. I looked for reasons why I was the victim in this. And how on earth was that going to help me? In no way, shape or form was that going to be a healthy thing for me to do. So now I'm more aware of my input and I control the content that I consume. You know what? I find it quite powerful doing that. Uh, and if at any point I do find that power shifting, um, I just look back at my list of things that I can control and I act on it. Maybe, for example, I wander off and I go record a podcast episode. <laughs> Perfect example there. And also, whilst we're talking about the input, something to consider, which may be difficult for some people to hear. But when we talk about your environment, I mean the people too. Having someone around you or having a group of people around you only focus on the uncontrollables, who only focus on the negatives, who get too caught up and almost enraged at things they have zero control over. Being around people like that does have the potential to have a negative impact on your way of thinking too. Now, once again, I am no way saying cut people out of your lives. I'm not saying that. Please don't think I am. But I'm just saying be aware of the input on offer. So it could be actually you encourage them to think more about what they can control. It could be swerving the conversation away from those negative topics of things you can't control to things that you can. Whatever it is, you deserve to choose the input in your life whether it's from the media, from social media, from uh, people around you. And when you take control over this, the other three tips that we've already mentioned become infinitely easier, I promise you that. Now, whether you take on all of this advice or just one piece, whether you are structured in your approach or a bit more flexible, whether you do all of this alone or you do it as part of a community, I would love you to consider what happened to me when I didn't take my own advice it manifested itself in uh, mental and physical symptoms. It made me question a lot of things and even want to run away from what is actually a very happy life. And that's the power of this way of thinking. So when I say focus on what is in your control, it's not a throwaway tagline. Uh, I don't want to sound cheesy. It's not a cliche approach. It's a way of thinking. It is tried and tested method to leading a happier life, to taking control of your future. And of course, to growing your own way uh, and with that we are at the end of today's episode so my story is one that i've shared with a lot of people recently actually and, and i've been amazed at the number of people who have felt the same way so if you are one of them i truly hope that today has helped uh, if this is a topic you enjoy and you really kind of get behind uh, personally i would recommend reading up about stoicism uh, it's a core pillar of that way of thinking it's, it's a really fascinating topic um, and there is an incredible amount of content out there, whether it's in uh, books or blogs or other podcasts. And I can always make recommendations if you'd like. 
Now, if you've liked what you've heard today, why not give the podcast a like and a review on your podcast host of choice? Uh, and it would be amazing if you could share it with someone. Let's try to spread the word even more. As always, if you want to get in touch, you can find me on Instagram with the username of official Grow Your Own Way or connect with me on LinkedIn by searching for Kevin Roberts. But for now, let me say thank you for listening to my story and my thoughts. Uh, I really do appreciate you taking the time. I hope that you all stay safe and well, and I will speak to you on the next episode of Grow Your Own Way. Goodbye.